0: listening to money talk on rthk radio three in the final part of the show we get a view from taiwan from ross feingold business development director at Safebre group good morning ross
1: good morning from taipei
0: um, so I wanted to start, there was an interesting story that came out about some key Taiwanese tech firms helping Huawei with developing uh, a new super chip. It's kind of an interesting development, obviously, because of tensions between, you know, Taiwan and China, but more importantly, the fact that could this be how Huawei is starting to compete with the US?
1: Well, it, it got a lot of attention. It had some really intriguing headlines, like there's some big scandal or, or sanctions violations or blacklist violations going on here. But it turns out that these Taiwan companies, yes, they're actually on the ground helping to build the facilities. But, but these are not companies uh, who, who uh, provide chips and, and actual uh, machinery to make chips. They're more uh things like uh, wastewater treatment and and piping and, and the innards of a factory. And uh, I hate to use the word loophole because it it's, you know, has a bit of a cliche uh, feeling to it, uh, but I, I think the companies probably got legal advice, uh, I hope for their sake they did, that this is okay, that what they were doing, their activities to help uh, the Huawei build the facility, but the scope of what they were doing is not restricted under either Taiwan law or U.S. law. Now, of course, the government here in Taiwan has made a big to-do that we're going to investigate them. Uh, would it wouldn't be surprising if the ultimate conclusion is this was somewhat of a gray area, we're going to give a fine to these companies to show them that we weren't happy, and Taiwan might write, write some or issue some stricter regulations uh, to to eliminate this area uh, of assisting Huawei or, or companies in China to build semiconductor manufacturing facilities.
0: But isn't the issue more the fact it's on the U.S. side? I mean, because Taiwanese and Chinese have been doing business—I mean, doing a lot of business with each other throughout the time. So it's not necessarily a case that. Taiwanese businesses can't do business with Chinese businesses and vice versa. So this is really more just a geopolitical issue with the U.S., right? Uh,
1: that's certainly one way to look at it. Uh, you know, looking at it just from the legal angle, again, you know, either it was a gray area or, or it was prohibited. It seems more like this was a gray area. But ultimately, uh, and, and this interesting, it hasn't really come up too much in, the, in Taiwan's ongoing uh, campaign season. Uh, Taiwan's biggest trade partner is china <laughs> and, and even though the we have a government here that doesn't get along with china because they don't accept the 1992 uh, consensus framework uh they haven't really done much uh to stop that so even though trade taiwan likes to say how its trade with other parts of the world has expanded a bit whether that's southeast asia or europe or the united states but trade with china keeps growing as well and china does remain taiwan's biggest trade partner
0: yeah, and sticking with the chips side of it um <laughs> Despite all this help that the, some of the companies are giving Chinese, I mean, Taiwan Semiconductor has been one of the worst performers in Asia since June. So, what's going on over there?
1: Yeah, it's off its highs. Remember, it seems like not so long ago everybody was talking about AI, and any company that was part of the AI supply chain and TSMC certainly is an important part of that supply chain because it makes, uh, as I'm sure the listeners know, the most advanced most of the most advanced chips come from t- uh, TSMC. Uh, but you know, the, it was, the, there was the high earlier this year around second quarter, and uh, that that's abated a bit. Uh, you know, there was a time when we thought maybe the fourth quarter Christmas shopping season would, would be a big uh, success for for buying new gadgets and you know now there's more concerns that it's not going to be as good as previously thought uh, so investors are, have taken their profits and so some of them have exited their positions in TSMC
0: and is that having a wider effect on the Taiwan market overall or has that been holding up?
1: Uh, I think, generally, Taiwan's been a good performer over the past few years, uh, especially for those who got into the tech sector at the right time. Uh, The the GDP forecast for Taiwan is is weak for next year. uh, And every time a new forecast comes out, it seems to go down a little bit more. Uh, So I I think there's now some caution, whereas before there was cautious optimism about Taiwan's economy and, and for the stock market. But now I would say we've entered a period of caution.
0: Okay, and um, I've noticed that foreign and inv- institutional investors seem to have profited quite well out of the Taiwan market as well. Um, what have they done that's actually helped them so much B of say the locals?
1: Uh, Again, I think it's just getting in and getting out at the right time. Interesting thing for foreign investors in in, in Taiwan, just like in other places in in Asia that uh, we we think of the politics being somewhat unstable. Uh, For example, Thailand, Uh, despite the tensions uh, between China and Taiwan, it it doesn't seem to affect foreign investor decisions. They've seen this before, they're patient, and they tend to look at the fundamentals of the companies or the fundamentals of the global economy. and uh, they don't, they, they don't uh, uh, bounce in and out of their positions. They, they, their timing tends to be a little bit better than the average retail investor. That's why they're professionals. Uh, so the central bank issued some data here that, that basically throughout the COVID period from uh, 2020 in, until uh, this year, uh, it said something like foreign investors had, had profited $125 billion U.S. dollars. It's an enormous number. Uh, so Taiwan has been good for institutional investors, uh, but of course, as we know, past performance performance. performance, uh, not a guarantee of future success.
0: (laughs) You always got to have your caveats. Um, Yeah. And I see that um, you've had a, or you're having a visit from um, the UK Trade Commissioner.
1: Is that- yeah, the, the trade, trade, trade Commissioner for Asia-Pacific, newly appointed, uh, he's here for trade talks. This is not unusual. Taiwan has these kinds of trade dialogues with many of its major trading partners. It's not something that it only does, for example, with the United States. It, it has these kinds of annual talks with many European trade partners as well. But but there's the, at the moment, there's, there's two things that Taiwan wants most in its trade uh, interactions with the UK. One, some kind of bilateral agreement. Even If it's not an FTA, then something along the lines of uh, business promotion, one of these trade agreement lights that the United States has recently come to favor. And then the other thing is help from the UK in in entering CPTPP, where it still seems that some of the countries might want to put a veto on Taiwan entering. But with the UK in there, they could be a champion for Taiwan. That's what Taiwan hopes. Is the UK going to do that? We don't know yet.
0: Okay, in the 20 seconds we've got left, um, what should our listeners be looking at for Taiwan in the days, weeks ahead?
1: Well, uh, with Speaker McCarthy uh, uh, losing his job a few hours ago, you know, it's been a big deal for the, for, for the speaker to meet uh, VIPs from Taiwan, either coming here or when the uh, VIPs from Taiwan transit the United States. So we'll have to see if the next speaker repeats that and what effect it has on tensions between China and Taiwan.
0: All right. Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for. So I'd like to thank Ross Feingold, uh, Business Development Director at SafePro Group, for coming on. Thank you, Ross.